And here are your morning announcements. Today we're talking about Community Season 3, Episode 20, Digital Estate Planning. There was part of me that was worried that this might end up being called Mike Fudged Up, because I was like, I don't remember which episode this is. <laughs> and it just kind of went with the Hulu, and I'm like, ah, I'm sure this is it. This feels right. It it do, kind of doesn't feel right in the you know the the fra- like the whole timeline of the episodes because it feels oh, like yeah. no, there's some it's... ascending action that just kind of like stops literally it's a, it's in its tracks. A, it's a weird place to put this episode, but we we will get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but anyway, before we get into that, it's time for outsourcing Mike's bids. Just so you know, Mike, you are now creating nine different timelines i counted nine but there's a part of me that's like did i put it back in when i did it last i can so we'll find out i'm sure that i'm sure i'm sure everything's fine you know we're doing great we're all we're all good here how are you but let's do that good good shuffle oh no my camera has fallen (laughs) cool uh mike i'll uh, fix it in a moment but here's that shuffle yeah my screen is now just black because yep. he's he's destroyed it he's shuffled so hard he has knocked out his webcam uh i have fixed it uh i am now visible yet again ben do you want to guess what you think this is because i have it uh the sex question it is not dang it okay it does feel like one that we've done before <laughs> okay or maybe that's just the uh the pod decks like messing with my brain. Uh huh. Ben, what's the grossest thing you've ever seen someone do in public? Have we done this one? No, no, I don't. Okay, we have not great. done this one. Awesome, um, perfect, hooray! Um. Well, um. Uh, if you're uh, having some issues thinking of one, I, I mean, I have p- vomited in public before. So, so that's you, so you gross. watched yourself vomit in public. I mean, you've you vomited, right? It's kind of an out of body experience. Uh, I've never. I can't say that I've ever been. I've. I can't say I've ever vomited in such a way where I'm just like experiencing myself outside of space and time i mean i so what okay well i'm just gonna describe it then because you know uh, we often talk about please fo- please describe your vomiting in great detail mike we, i'm we sure often that'll talk be about food and get people excited about food on this podcast so here's the anti that welcome I, to the exact opposite of our <laughs> usual thing welcome, welcome to body horror uh it was at a golf course uh i believe in virginia um uh, it might, it's somewhere up and down the eastern seaboard, who knows? Um, and I was eating some hot dogs, and then my my stomach didn't feel all that good, so I had some Sprite. And then, boy, did it just go everywhere. Oh, terrific. Excellent. Um, so that was pretty gross, I think. Even if it was me and I didn't see it, I saw it. 
Okay, sure. Um, that that is pretty disgusting. Um, I mean, I would. The the thing is, I think probably the 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 grossest thing that I've ever seen someone do in public is going to the bathroom outside. But like, they 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 were homeless, and so I don't I don't want to like give them too much crap for that because like sure. when you got to go, you got to go, and like the the city does not provide any sort of right. public facilities for. Uh, the houseless. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't want that to be like my answer to that because like, you know, it's not, it's not a thing that I like, you know, wanted to witness, but also like, you know, it's, it's a real crappy thing to be like, Oh, one time I saw this homeless person. Like, I I don't sure, I don't want to yeah. do that. It's um, not like so, you. It, it's not like you were on a bus and you looked over and saw that your uh, seatmate was um doing doing the uh, the hand flute or the skin flute playing it a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not something you would. Boy, this I you know what I'm gonna just argue that this pod deck sucks. This this card sucks. The, the, it's it's just a sad depressing card <laughs> because here here's my question what. So again, this this whole pod deck idea is mm-hmm. supposed to facilitate conversation. Let's so, pretend that you 50 are fifty unique conversation starting questions to help you take your podcast interviews to the next level and and keep your audience entertained. Listeners, tell us if you're entertained by this about let's me pretend, vomiting and 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 Ben seeing a guy pooping. Let's pretend that we get. Academy Award winner Jim Rash on this podcast, and you pull out that card. I feel you're like, like this, this is you're the like Academy time Award winner Jim Rash. Please, please tell us about the grossest thing you've ever seen someone do in public. You know and what? Like, though? I bet you that's a good story from uh, Jim Rash. I'm just gonna say well, that because because yeah, he's he's a professional, and I'm sure that you know even if he's even if in the back of his mind he's like, well, one time I I saw someone on the street using the bathroom. He's going to have a better answer, but like no one's going to feel great about right. it by the end of the day. I mean, he might say, I heard somebody listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> gross. Uh, just um, kidding. We're, we're just dumb. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't. I, I, I continue to think that this was a misguided purchase at best. Uh, I don't I don't think I have a like a good answer for that. Um because like, I mean, I know what my answer is, but it's like I said, it's a depressing answer. Right. Yeah. You've you've brought the whole podcast down. Yeah. Congratulations. There, yeah. I I guess I'm just trying to think of like the best case scenario for this question. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, there's something that leads to a discussion, like you know, something that isn't like. I mean, like I thought, like maybe a dead bird fell in front of your feet, but that's that's not gross. That's just sad. I'm like I'm trying to. I'm why, try- why are you talking about dead birds now? We're I'm we brought this down the- to a, a sad place, and you're like, how can I bring up the whole tone and mood of of my comedy podcast? <laughs> I know. Let's pretend a bird just falls out of the sky and dies think, at your feet. I'm trying to think of something gross that people would would be like, yes, that is something I want I want them to talk about. See, here's here's my problem with the card, right? Because the the lead up to almost anything that you're going to be like oh man i saw the grossest thing 
it's almost inevitably a sad story. Right. Like, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I'm sure I'm sure whoever had to witness you vomiting at a golf course, they were like, oh, man, that guy's that guy's made some some rough decisions. Like, uh, they probably said, tell that story and be like, oh, man, I hope that guy found help because I, he was I, he was in rough shape. I do want to point out I, I might have said golf course. I should have said mini golf course. <laughs> It changes it a little bit. That uh, that is a that is an entirely different visual because I was I was imagining like oh, people no. who people who make a lot of money no, in God, no. in in plaid pants and one of those hats with the little fluffy ball on top, <laughs> being like I say <laughs> no, it's just like this, 50. this chap seems to have fallen on some bad times. I hope he does find some help. And instead, no, it's, no, it's just it's like twenty-five-year-olds <laughs> running around being like, "Ah, you're vomiting." <laughs> yeah, this it was a different situation. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't that. I feel like I was like eight or nine or something. But that that should be old enough to be like, I I don't feel that well in the tom toms. So, yeah, no, th- this 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 card sucks. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> it's it's bad. Um. I hope the remaining cards are less bad. To be fair, one of them is a sex question that you have been very intrigued by for, God, the, for at this point months. I've I've put too much hope on the sex question, and by yeah, the time it happens, have. I'm just going to be like, "Well, that was disappointing." And then, and then I a, think the, you might the enjoy sadness it. tour, the Good Morning Greendale sadness tour 2022 will continue. I, I am getting to the point because you said, you know, I was making nine of, of these. I am getting to the point where I, I'm a few months away of figuring out what I'm doing next with this opening bit section. Um, and I'm please, scared. Please, no more pod decks. But Ben, <laughs> Ben, Ben, hold on. I, I have the would you rather deck. I have the episode deck. That's a different kind of. I have the interview deck. And I have the second edition of the interview deck. Why? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised by that one, to be honest with you. Are, 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 the, are, the, are the pod decks, like, multiplying? Are they, are they engaging in their own sexual questions and then, like... <laughs> No, Nine months look, later, a I'm new little a, pod deck is born. These are still wrap, in the cellophane, so they've wrapped it up. Okay, okay. It's, it's so important it's, to practice safe sex questions. Exactly. So let's get into the podcast. Season so 3, episode 20. There might be a would you rather uh, portion of this, but uh, we'll see how that goes. May, may Di- have digital... Better- Digital estate planning. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get us into this podcast. So I'm we can just saying talk the about would you rather might be a better situation than the what the heck deck, which has failed almost every time. I'll tell you what, Mike. When we run out of what the heck deck cards, I want you to to we'll do one of each deck. Okay. And decide if any of them are redeemable based on that one representative. <laughs> oh, no, question. you're putting a lot on one fiftieth of the deck. I am, but you know what? For the last 41 weeks, I have been subjected to these questions. Look, I'm just saying there's a sunk cost fallacy, and I'm going to keep putting that. I spent all that money. I'm going to get some kind of benefit out of it. 
Look, if we don't get into talking about community, this podcast is going to be called Sunk Cost Fallacy. So, season three, episode 20, Digital Estate Planning. It starts in a warehouse in the middle of nowhere, according to Jeff. Pierce was instructed to come here and bring seven of his closest friends. Uh, he he uh, wasn't able to. Uh, LeVar Burton was a maybe. Um, he had gotten a letter from the executor of his father's estate. Um, this room is kind of weird. It has a whole lot of monitors, computers set up. Uh, and then Gilbert Lawson, uh, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, a lot of people love Giancarlo him. Esposito. Although, yes. you well, know, you know, every time he shows up in anything, it's about to get real. Oh, because yes, like, you know, he's Gustavo Fring on Breaking Bad and Better Call mm-hmm. Saul. Or for me, more specifically, Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian. Uh, right. And so things I, about to break bad. I, I knew him. I knew him mostly from this one episode of Community, um, and then because I I I hadn't watched like Breaking Bad right, or anything, right. and then I watched Breaking Bad, and now I'm like, oh yeah, no, he's he's a he's a total villain. Gus Fring is such an amazing villain, and so um, he's been in enough little things here and there where he'll show up, and I'm like, oh no, and then yeah, we were we were watching The Mandalorian. And he he hops out and we're just like, oh damn! He's and the bad guy. Sarah uh, is not. She's not watched Breaking Bad and she's not like super familiar with his work. So mm-hmm. like, she was she she did not have the same reaction. I was just like, oh man, it's gonna go down. And it you know what? Spoilers, but it went down. It went down. It sure did. It sure <clears> did. Because when Giancarlo Esposito shows up. It's about to go down. It's about to go down. Uh, so in this uh, community uh, uh, episode, he is Gilbert Lawson, Cornelius's uh, assistant for over 30 years. And, and it's wel- about to go down. And it's about to go down. He welcomes everybody. And Pierce is like, okay, give me the check. And Gilbert was like, it's more of an activity. And Abed notices that it looks like a multiplayer game interface. And Troy's heard enough. We find out that basically... Um, Pierce had the idea for uh, Hawthorne Enterprises to get into video games, and his father always said no. But in secret, for the last 30 years, he's been making this game for Pierce. And so, as Jeff puts it, it's a 100-year-old man who designed a 30-year-old video game, which sounds interesting it does i will say it it, you know there is some modern touches into this video game i will say that um but we will get to that later um as they all get into the uh into their seats and they have pictures that take in uh take a picture and create an avatar from their likeness and the game begins uh we get a little 8-bit intro which is very funny and it ends with community journey to the center of hawkthorn Okay, so we are already going to go a little bit into grades territory here because <laughs> okay. I I want to specifically call out the art design in this episode because the art design in this episode is impeccable. Yes. Absolutely so. impeccable because we get this intro sequence and right off the bat, all of the art is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. The music for this intro is perfect, like 8-bit chiptune version yep, of the theme song. Everything has this great uh, NES-era aesthetic. Um, 
I mean, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the game Shovel Knight. Yes. Uh, but Shovel Knight uh, definitely did that thing where they like they they modeled it to look very 8-bit retro while also keeping it kind of modern at the same time. Right. And this is like Shovel Knight before Shovel Knight did it. Right. Like it it is so good. And the number of little references that they make, um, most notably the one that I've always loved is that when Jeff's character jumps, it is the exact uh uh it is the exact pose that Mega Man does when he jumps. I I like, am not surprised that you found that and was like, I love this specifically. It, it is. I, I haven't looked at them like side by side as like a one to one sort of uh, mm-hmm. sort of thing, but um, it, it it is. If it's not one to one, it is so close. Like it is a very clear Mega Man nod. Um, you know, all just all of the artwork, uh, just fantastic. Yeah, uh, it, and, it is. Uh, I will say this for the the artwork. It was created by a company called Titmouse. Um, and the director of that was Griff Kimmins. Um, and Titmouse has done a lot of a lot of things at this point. They started kind of in the Adult Swim world, but they've they've done all sorts of things at this point. Um, I think they've even done. Uh, they're doing the Legend of Vox Machina for Prime Video. Mm-hmm. The the Boys Di- Diabolical. They've just done. I, they've done Big Mouth. Like they've done a whole lot of new stuff at this point. Um, but you know, back when they were doing this, it was a whole lot, a whole lot less. It was a whole lot more uh, Adult Swim and kind of like weird stuff. But they've kind of moved into just kind of doing, you know, it, they've made a name for themselves. Clearly, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so I just I wanted to call attention to that because otherwise, the number of times we will be in the middle of talking about something that happens in this episode, I'm like, oh, I just want to say like it looks so good, like. Everything in this episode oh, absolutely. looks so good. I um, mean, as I was watching the episode uh, over the last few days, I kind of like split it up a little bit. I uh, I took like screenshots of Troy and uh, Jeff in just moments of just like and posted them on Twitter being like, just look mm-hmm. at this. Just look at how cool it is. Yeah, I I literally uh, my one community shirt uh, is one that my sister got me for uh, Christmas one year. But it is it is all the characters uh, on community um or in this episode uh it's all the characters um with uh, like a an 8-bit community logo mm-hmm. the design of and i may have mentioned this on the podcast before but the design of the characters in 8-bit is so good that i was wearing that shirt one day to like target or somewhere and one of the uh the the, the checker at the target saw the shirt and she was like, Oh, I, I, I remember playing that game. I, I love that. Ge- I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of good memories playing that game. And I was like, no, <laughs> I mean, hold on. You, 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 you don't. And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure. And I'm like, what game are you thinking you were playing? Did I'm you just, play that one? Because somebody did make this into a real game and put it on in the internet. So did you play that? Um, But yeah, so I was just like, I was just like, I'm just I'm just going to let this go because like it just they they managed to do it so good. And like Troy does little flips when he jumps yeah, and like so him, his character specifically is so kinetic. It's it, it, it just fits everyone so perfectly. It's they got it right. 
like that aspect of it they got it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i will say though that you know because in fiction the uh the game is created by a hundred year old racist sexist etc ist um there are some unsavory parts of this episode yes absolutely so we get into the journey to the center of hawkthorn uh it starts for some reason in the greendale study room <laughs> <laughs> how how long do you think Pierce has been going to Greendale? Because um, you know, I, th- I think at some point he says he's been there for like twelve years or something. There's um, cer- okay, then there's I, certainly I think, enough room I think to call. Canonically, that. he he says how long he's been going there, but I don't remember. So there's um, clearly enough room a time for Cornelius to be like, okay, I'll do this so that it it spawns in the study room. It's such a weird choice, though. It, it, I mean, it's very much like communities like, well, you got to do it. But it's just funny for them to keep respawning in the in the study room. Uh, so according to community-sitcom.fandom.com. Okay, great. Um, uh, slash wiki slash Pierce underscore Hawthorne. Okay. Um, it, it says that in 1999, he returned to school to further his... Her, uh, to further expand his horizons and enrolled in Greendale Community College. So, um, 1999, this episode was, I think, uh, 2012. Okay. Um, uh, I have done a quick Google math search, uh, 13 years. I'm going to double check that digital estate. Yeah. 2012. So, so yeah, um, he's he's been there for a bit. So I guess it I so guess it would is, make sense that yeah. maybe somehow he programmed the uh, or his dad programmed the the Greendale study room. It's a weird place to start an adventure to a, a magical castle, but that's fine. Maybe he was like, "Oh, my son is so stupid. He has to have this one place that feels familiar before turn like before going off into the wilderness of." the game because he he's not very good at the game mm-hmm. he, he keeps so, asking for like pong paddles and things like that in universe this is a very weird decision uh as as a meta concept of like i'm watching a tv show and so it starts in the study room i'm like yeah okay that's fine yeah i'm not i'm not gonna ding the episode for that specifically <laughs> it's just in fiction it is a very very weird choice to to start the video game about going to a castle in a community college study room. I don't I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it is the most egregious choice is being made here. <laughs> uh, but again, that's, that's we will true. get to it. There's a lot of questionable choices and this is probably the least questionable yeah. one. Uh but uh they they all get start to get acclimated in the study room and Abed finds a door and exits the room and there is a enemy in the hallway that is that is very much like a hippie, uh, and he's. Uh, it starts saying peace and love, and Annie's, Annie goes over to say hi, and then the hippie starts saying drugs and sex, and starts to attack Annie, causing one HP damage. Uh, so yeah, Jeff um, jumps in to try to help and uh, kills Annie accidentally, but she teleports back to the study room. So we we establish very early on that when you die, you just teleport back to the study room, right? Yeah, uh, for some reason, point. because it's a study room, which is in this game for some hey, reason. It's a great spawn point. I don't I don't disagree with it. Yeah. Pierce is having some trouble controlling the game. Um, 
which is fair. I don't. He probably hasn't played a video game since Pong. Um, I mean, he was very intrigued to find the Pong battle. Uh, uh, Jeff is uh, responds in the study room as well. He doesn't want to talk about what happened. Um, and then uh, Annie tells Pierce to point the joystick to the right. And they all leave the room to find Abed, Troy, and Shirley jumping on the hippies over and over until they're defeated. They finally beat the hippie problem. Uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with this episode, but there is a, a great YouTube video where a guy asks his uh, wife or girlfriend uh, to who has never played video games to play video games. Okay. Because he's interested in the in the sort of acquired knowledge that you and I have, because we've been playing video games for years right? that we just assume like People when you understand. start a video game, yeah. you, you go to the right or you hit a, when you're up against things to you know, activate them. It's an interesting little YouTube video and I recommend it. Um, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but I'll try to find it. We might um, throw it in but, the show notes if we, th- but, um, if we think about it. But yeah, Pierce being like, I, how was I supposed to know that uh, moving the joystick to the right would move me right made me think about that. Because it's a it's an interesting thing that I think about as someone who at one point in my life wanted to get into desi- to designing video games and no longer want to do that <laughs> for reasons. Um, Gilbert inserts himself into the game as well. Mm-hmm. And he, we find out as he he mashes a, a hippie into the wall uh, who it explodes in a giant purple mist. There's a lot uh, going on with these hippies specifically that I don't know how to describe. If you take enough hippie drugs, your blood turns purple. It's a it's oh! uh, a widely established fact. Okay, um, that's they're just referring to the widely established fact. Got it. Okay, uh-huh. everyone knows that it's totally true. So um, I figured it was some kind of fantastical purple. But yeah, this establishes that Gilbert is mega powerful and right. he knows how to play this game. Uh, they, um, they head forward. Uh, the group does, they don't see Gilbert, by the way, they've already left the hallway before Gilbert shows up. Uh, but the group find, uh, heads to a forest where there's a bridge and their way is kind of blocked. And then the giant floating head of Cornelius welcomes them to Hawkthorn um, who admonishes Pierce for suggesting video games were more future-proof than moist toilets, given that e- moist toilets are stocked in every store while arcades are closing left and right. Um, only one player can win, he says, uh, the first to reach his throne inside Castle Hawkthorn, and the reward for whoever does that is the inheritance. Uh Again, also getting a little bit into grades, but one of one of my biggest complaints with this episode is that the echo effect that they use on Cornelius's head gives like literally gives me headaches. I <laughs> I cannot stand it. It is it is so over the top echo effect and you have to listen to like actual dialogue yeah. going on for it's, it's minutes rough. at a time and I'm just like I it drives me nuts. I I Pearson off. In 1980, you said that video games, not moist towelettes, were the business of the future. Today, moist towelettes are stopped at every supermarket, while arcade after arcade closes. He's got a point. Nevertheless, I designed this game to be played upon my death by you and whatever cabal... I'm sure, I imagine it's probably like a me-specific problem, but like... I, I, I look less and less forward to watching this episode every time because I'm like, ah, oh, Cornelius Hawthorne is going to give right. me a damn headache again. 
I, I'd never thought of it that way, but definitely if, 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 you know, I, I, I mean, he's almost there to be like so off putting as, you know, Oh, he's, he's absolutely off putting in a lot of ways. Right. But, uh, and he's that, designed that to be that way in there. And then the echo effect it's a, probably it's, it's leads to that. But yeah, it's I can see lot. if it gives you a headache or like bothers, like has some kind of that kind of reaction, you would hate this episode. And I mean, that's, you know, you can talk about artistic choices, but when your 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 artistic choices mean that people are going to turn off because they can't handle, you know, they can't do it. That's, that's like a choice. it would it would be it would be different uh, in my opinion if it was just like he shows up and he is like, uh, you know, it's it's a quick like uh get to the castle, Pierce, so then like that's it. That's the echo. Right, like, but you have he's got to admonish everything and. He he delivers whole monologues and and has dialogues and this whole thing, and it's it's a lot. Uh, it's right. a lot to take in. I I hate the echo effect, which is unfortunate, but that's fine. The first person to reach the throne in Castle Hawkthorn gets the inheritance. So we've got the forward motion. Uh, Pierce goes to try to fight uh, Cornelius, but accidentally digs a hole and puts himself in it, and. Or uh, he he's trying to fight everybody else because he assumes everybody else will fight him. Uh, everyone's like, "Hey, Pierce, calm down. We're not going to fight you." Troy even says, "When you've been friends with someone for three years, it's weird to steal their family's money." Everyone's like, "We're gonna be we're gonna be cooperative," uh, and then that's when Gilbert shows up and he's like, "Nope, you are playing the game wrong. You're not supposed to cooperate. You're supposed to compete." Uh, which, as someone who has watched as many speed runs as I have. Uh, there's really not many ways to play a video game wrong. Um, <laughs> that's a good way come, to put it. I come like up that. with, with weird, like dog percent challenges where the goal is to get the fastest time to pet the dog. Like that's <laughs> that rules. Like that's a great game. Yeah. Like they're not playing the game wrong. You're, you're doing it cool you're going to go pet the yeah, dog yeah. as fast it, as you it, can it, most of the time most of the time i'm sure there are some situations if you're saying to somebody they're playing the game wrong you're being a bit gatekeepery just saying yes yes absolutely because it, anyone it, games are cool and you can do whatever you want yeah they're they're it's like fi- it's fine like people play like, Fortnite. Like don't to... don't don't be a dick to people on multiplayer games. Uh, yes, agree. But like that is playing the game wrong. Good point. But like otherwise, like you can't you can't play a game wrong. Right. Like people go to to Fortnite to talk with people now. That's what apparently kids do, and that's cool. Good. Cool. I don't. I mean, I, don't I guess it's best for Epic, but whatever. Um, I don't understand video games I mean, anymore. I'm pretty I don't sure know what Weezer they are. had a concert in Fortnite, which I still don't quite get. <sighs> Uh, okay. Well, uh, I don't, I don't have anything clever to say to that because I don't understand it. Right. Well, just, just, just don't worry. We'll get to the metaverse eventually. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it so much. As Uh, someone who works in tech, every time I read the word metaverse or NFT, I die a little bit more inside and regret Literally everything that brought me to this, I could have got, I could have been an electrician. I could have gone to like, you know, trade school, gotten a job, an honest, honest job, putting wires together for, you know, houses to, to safe electrical wiring. It would have been useful. I could rewire my own damn house. No, instead I got into tech where, where everyone just yells about the metaverse all day and makes me sad. 
as a fellow tech boy, uh, yeah, it sucks. I could have, I could, you know, I, my dad might not like his job of being an accountant, but being an accountant pays the bills and you don't have to think about the damn metaverse or NFTs all the freaking time. Oh, it's the, it's the absolute worst. It's awful. I hate it here. I'm going to quit my job and go be a barista. I'm, I I won't be able to pay my bills on that salary, but at least I won't be sad about the metaverse. <laughs> oh, but but friend, you still will be. <sighs> That's the thing. Now this that is we the know most about, depressing we, episode of Good Morning Greendale <laughs> that has ever happened. We opened the Pandora's box about knowing about NFTs and the metaverse and cryptocurrencies there's nothing we can't do anything about it we just have to accept that we know that but we can call it a scam like it actually is okay i'm going to continue my job in tech but i'm going to switch careers to inventing that little flashy thing from men in black so i can erase my knowledge of all of that bullcrap and then go become a barista there you and go. live happily not knowing what the hell the metaverse is and then, sarah got but- an ad for for meta while on Facebook, and she was oh, like, "Of course, yeah, you gotta she was like, I, I keep getting this ad. I don't know what this is. And in that moment, I have never been more jealous of another human being in my entire <laughs> life. Because imagine, imagine getting an ad for Meta and not knowing what it is. That is bliss, my friend. That is amazing. I mean, the first before I before I read the articles about Meta and I got some of those like I there's I I was watching like football once and I saw one for Meta where no one looks happy to be in the commercial including the people that are being paid to. Um and I was watching it and I'm like, "What is this?" And then I looked it up and I'm like, "Oh, damn it." <laughs> yeah, and you can't you you're right. It's Pandora's box. You can't put that back in. I can't you unring that bell. You you cannot. Boy, we got onto a whole thing. So, Look, uh, Pierce digs a if hole. If you're gonna listen to this podcast, you gotta listen to us yell about NFTs and how shitty they are. Pierce digs a hole. Uh, he uh, Gilbert shows up and says they're playing the game wrong. Uh, Gilbert is the only person, other than the Chinese programmers who've been deported, who knows how the game works. <laughs> Which and boy. so he immediately kills everyone. Right, he crafts a spear. He's the game is way more complex than they think. Um, yeah, and he he th- he kills most of the group, but for Pierce, he does something very specific and suffocates him in the hole that he dug by replacing the blocks. It's very very macabre. Uh, this is when we find out that uh, because Jeff goes over to uh, yell at Gilbert, and that's when we find out that there's weight sensors in the chairs. So that if you are out of the chair for more than 30 seconds, uh, you will be, uh, it, it's an automatic forfeit. Right. Which seems Which like seems not a, little a lot bit, of time. And it seems a little bit rude because like, you gotta, you gotta take bathroom breaks. You don't want to destroy See, your bladder thing. playing a freaking video game. I guess. Even, even when I was playing World of Warcraft, you know, we'd, we'd be, uh, we'd be raiding and like, you'd, you'd take the occasional bio break. Like, sure. You don't right. want to be trying to like do your best DPS rotation being like, Oh, I have to pee. I have to pee. I have to pee. Like you gotta, you gotta get breaks. You gotta get those pee breaks. I guess you gotta unionize. Wow. And the castle of Hawkthorn <laughs> is what I think you yep. gotta do. Um, yeah, I do think it's a little rude to have uh 30 seconds, uh, but they have discussed like it only takes about an hour to get to castle Hawkthorn. So it may be not too bad. Um, so they, but we go back into the game 
Uh, well, my favorite, okay. my hold, favorite hold part is now. that my favorite part is like there, there's these weird in-person sequences, and then you're like most of the game, most of the episode is in the game, so you barely got the actual people. They just have uh-huh. the digital aliases or whatever. So here's the thing, though you you say it only takes an hour to get to Castle Hawthorne. In the way the game is supposed to be designed, or the, it's supposed to be played, they are all fighting each other constantly, which means right. that, you, that you could be trapped in this battle for days. That's a fair point. Okay. Because I, I, I understand. Because like a, a video game where it's like you go from point A to point B to point C to point D, you're going to get through that game pretty quick. A game where you have to do that while literally everyone else is trying to kill you. And the moment you die, you go back to the study room that's at the start of the game for some reason and then have to start back over from nothing like that's that's like everyone's going to constantly be like churning back through the study room. You could be playing that game for literal days. That is a fair point. You need a pee break. But I'm sure Cornelius and Cornelius does recognize that some there might be cooperative play uh, not to get ahead of myself. So, I mean, like there there is an extra challenge at the end if you cooperated to make it last a little bit longer regardless. So I, I see what you're saying. I think I think also just I, I, they don't know th- why they're there. But I'm, it sounds like if you have a backpack, you can go pee and come back. Because you could just put the heavy backpack on the seat. I would oh, do know. like an Indiana Jones thing, yeah. but with yourself and a backpack. Yeah, I mean, you got thirty seconds to do the thing. Mm-hmm. You to, to get up, put the backpack down. I hope. I, uh, for me, I, I that wouldn't take me thirty seconds. I understand that it might for some folks, but uh, I could probably do that in a few seconds here or there. Uh, so they they all go back to the study room after being killed and they they get back to where they were and they find a note that Gilbert left. And Abed is immediately like in love with this game because he's like, oh, man, you can leave notes like he is already doing like some sure. some Neo in the Matrix, like looking behind the code sort of stuff right. like Abed I- is are is in love with this game. I do want to point out that he left the note in the hole in which Pierce was suffocated in. Which is hardcore. Mm-hmm. It's so good, uh, but yeah. So he he reads it. It's basically a threat. Don't you know? Like he knows how to win this game. He's gonna get the inheritance. Uh, Pierce goes to dig a hole, and this time he places the blocks himself so he can suffocate himself. And the group's like, "Don't do that!" And Britta saves him, telling they're fighting for friendship. And then Pierce is like, "Okay, let's go." And then Britta punches him, killing him. It's like no no hug button then. More games need hug buttons. I um, agree. Like, can you pet the dog? Can you hug someone else in game? I agree. Mm-hmm. More love in video games. And not just romance options, although more romance options. Gimme all that hot alien sex. So, I have restarted Mass Effect Legendary Edition, and I am I am just I, I forgot in the first game you can't romance Garrus, and I'm like, I'm so mad. I want to romance <laughs> Garrus so bad. Also, Femshep, Best Shep, but I want to romance Garrus, damn it. First of all, yes, absolutely Femshep, Best Shep. Um, second, you're a, you're a Garrus romancer? Oh, Garrus is my favorite character in the entire series. I love same, him. Same, dude. I, I also went to Bone oh, Town with Garrus because, like, he's so here's wonderful. the thing. Well, welcome to Mass Effect Corner. We're just going to talk about Mass Effect for a moment. Honestly, it's Garrus Corner. So. 
when I played through Mass Effect the first time, I was like, I'm not going to romance anybody because my femship is a strong, independent femship. Okay. And she is also the commander on this ship and fraternizing with your subordinates. I see. Not a cool thing. Right. Like, so you're, you're going she, heavy she into is the in, role She play. is in the Alliance. She is a, a captain a in the Alliance. You, you, you gotta, you gotta respect like, you know, don't, don't fraternize right. with, with your subordinates. And then in Mass Effect 2, she's not with the Alliance anymore. All bets are off. So I was like, town with Garrus. Well, and here's the thing, and this is this is really the strength of Mass Effect, right? Because I again was like, well, I mean, I'm not with the Alliance anymore. So I could, but I mean, there's still I'm still technically the captain of this ship. So, you know, I don't know if I should. And then one day, I'm hanging out in the engine room and Garrus and I are talking. And I'll be damned if Garrus didn't charm the pants off He's of me. He's a charmer. Because Love him. Because I was not necessarily going to romance anybody. And if I was, I was not necessarily going to romance Garrus. But then, like, hot damn, he's, like, putting the moves on. And I'm like, oh, dip. I just fell for Garrus. Garrus I'm is in. the best. Let's, let's do this. We uh, ended up holding a tiebreaker in her quarters. I had reach, but uh, she had flexibility. More than one way to work off stress, I guess. So, yeah, absolutely. Femshep, bestshep, uh, bone Garrus. What if we skipped right to the tiebreaker? We could test your reach and my flexibility. I'm just um, so mad that you can't romance him in, in the first one. I'm so mad. Absolutely rude. Golly. But I'm playing it again, and I I, I only remembered uh, how to save Rex after Rex died. So this is going great. <laughs> I'm like, I'm nice. on Vermeer. Everything's going great. <laughs> oh, crap, the Rex thing. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, I don't have my usual duo of Rex and Garrus anymore in battle. Uh, but I am planning on romancing Liara because I, I uh, for whatever reason, other than Garrus, uh, my uh, um, I, I think my femshep is bi, but prefers uh, if, if it's going to be a guy, it's going to be that that Garrus. uh it's got to be Garrus. Absolutely. Got, it, it's only Garrus or any other woman, possibly. That's um, that's basically, you've summed up my sexuality in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> same, same though. <laughs> like, you, 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 you laugh. If, if, if he comes, if Garrus comes down from the Citadel and is like, Mike, I, I, I would like. I would like to, to, to take you on a walk. I'd be like, yes, sir. Anything, <laughs> sir. I like how as he's romancing you, you call him sir. Anyways, um, <laughs> we go to the farm. I guess that's that, that's the end of Mass Effect Corner for now. Because, for um, now. We'll, I'm sure we'll dip back in. It, it's it, high likelihood. Um, be, uh, oh, but man. for now, we need to get back to my favorite podcast on the Citadel. So <laughs> we go to the farm. God, if they if I, I've not done that uh, one yet, but if they if they changed it so that you could do something like that, it'd be great. Um, uh, yes. We we find Hilda, uh, who lives in the village. Uh, she mm-hmm. announces uh, she has information on many topics. Quite a and lot Abed, of topics. Abed is immediately just like, "Oh, this rules!" Because you can like just kind of tap her, and she'll like she's got a whole menu, right? Like 
you know how easier it would be to interact with people if they had a freaking menu? Like, that sounds great. I mean, (laughs) yes, this is why Abed really loves interacting with Hilda, because there's a menu and you don't have to to kind of guess around and have all those usual human interactions. You'd be like, I want this information. Uh Yeah, just get get through the menu. That sounds great. I'm in. Um, so yes, the castle of Hawkthorn is north of them, and they unlock it with the white crystal of discipline that's found in the black caverns. And it's my re- reminder that Pierce's dad is way more racist than Pierce, and this is entirely uh, th- this whole episode is through his lens because he's this is the world he created. And boy, it's bad. It's just mostly bad. I do like okay the. The, Surely the, does the point black... out how racist it is. Uh-huh. But I'm I'm starting to think that it's not enough. <laughs> you can't just throw racist things on screen and say, oh, that's racist. I I will say that I I do kind of enjoy the reveal that like because we we find out that we find out from Hilda, who lives in the village and has information on many topics, that um that you, you unlock the castle with the white crystal from the black caverns. Uh, and yeah, Shirley is like, well, I, I, I'm picking up on some symbolism and like, there's that sort of initial moment where it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe, but also like that sort of like imagery of like, uh, you know, sure. Gandalf the white, like it's, it's this super powerful Purity, thing. And yes, like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, uh, uh, blackness as like the color, not the race, but right. like, you know, the, the dark things are, you know, like caverns, dark, deep, dark caverns. Sure. And it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but also like, maybe not. And then later on, it's like, oh yeah, no, we're in these caverns now. It is not subtle. No, it is not. <laughs> it is very, very directly racist. Yeah. It's, um, it's I, bad. I, I don't love the imagery uh, in the caverns, but I do appreciate that sort of like, oh, yeah, no, no, should have listened to Shirley. Yeah, I th- I, oftentimes I feel like we should have listened to Shirley on, on things uh-huh. like that. Uh, it is just really rough to watch that happen. And it's like, uh, uh but, uh, it's, you know, a, a lot of times things just don't age very well. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, like you needed a stronger call out, I think, if you're going to do something like this. Uh, but that's my opinion. And I would love to hear what other, uh, uh, folks that, uh, have, uh, uh, that, that have lived experiences that can discuss this as well. So I do also like that Pierce says, I'm picking up on some hidden symbolism, right? White crystal. You think dad wasn't a meth? Which is yes. fun because Pierce of Giancarlo Esposito, uh, and is that, good, like yes. that, that breaking bad tie in. It's, that, it's pretty good. That is a good point. I didn't even realize that was a Breaking Bad tie-in, and I even paused the... It's like, I, I need to look up his name in Breaking Bad, because there's a whole thing. Uh, Abed wants more information, and Hilda says, I have the information on the following topics, and then it's a whole big list, and he's just like, holy crap, where have it's you been s- all my life? It's a staggering number of topics. It, it escapes the screen. How Hilda big? knows everything. Like she may just be a humble blacksmith's daughter who lives in the village and has information on many topics, but it's not many joking topics. about many topics. She she is not. If anything, she is 
underselling herself here. <laughs> I know everything. I'm Hilda. Um, so they split up the the group. Other than Abed, Abed continues to interact with Hilda. We're that's going to be Abed's kind of through line for this episode. Uh, Shirley and Annie go to the weapons armor dealer, the blacksmith, if you will. Uh, they don't have any money, and Annie's like, "Hey, is anything free?" And then picks up a torch, to which the blacksmith is like, "Thief, thief, thief." Uh, she tries to put it back, but instead, uh, she does this like spinning, leaping throw and just nails the shopkeep on it and the boy uh the the blacksmith is now on fire um there's some panic before annie just decides to kill him with an axe and you know annie is like this kind of thing happens in video games all the time which she's not wrong she's not it, but you know it is it is also it's a very un-annie thing i think right there, there there we get we get some interesting reflections on um on characters in this episode um, uh, including Troy and Pierce who are in the saloon. Uh, Troy is balancing bottles on the bartender's head, which is funny. Uh, but then it zooms out and there's a poker dealer and he's like, let's play some poker. And Pierce is like, now we're talking. Uh, the late, the later we find out that they've both lost all their clothes. All of them. Um, Troy bet his clothes on a pair of nines, which is not, not uh, ideal, not, not, not ideal. Meanwhile, Britta and Jeff are searching a house and Britta finds a secret entrance by uh, straightening a picture in the uh, in the house. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff, is, Jeff, Jeff admonishes her for like, hey, stop, stop kid caring about the painting. Keep going. But like because here's the thing. I don't I don't think either of them really play many video games as someone who plays video games. If I walk into a house and the picture is askew, the first thing I'm doing is Absolutely. going and, and up to that picture, pushing A, and then a menu is going to come up and it's going to say, do you want to straighten out the picture? And then yes, and then something's going to happen because I've played video games exactly. once in my life. They clearly signposted this. Uh, but yes, the painting is uh, straightened and it opens a hidden doorway. And she's like, well, I'm just one with life, Jeff. Uh, it leads down to like a, a secret like potion brewing i almost called it a studio yeah, you know the potion <laughs> brewing studio honestly you could tell me that there's a potion brewing studio in town and i'd be like yeah I'd yeah like to go that, check that out yeah that checks out it's portland um yeah so it's a little uh it's a little like potion brewing right room or studio as the hip kids call it you know the, the potion studio brewing studio um, Annie and Shirley, meanwhile, at the blacksmith, uh, they're trying to hide the body. Uh, Annie's like, these things happen in video games, so don't get hung up on real world morality. We need to do stuff like this to win. And this is when the blacksmith wife shows up at the top of the stairs and, and like freaks out because the blacksmith is dead. Shirley quickly kills her and is like, there could be no witnesses. I, you grab everything you can carry. I'm going to look for more family. And I know we like, bring up the boom. Shirley face into a jukebox uh, moment a lot. Yeah, this is it. But this Here is, we are again. This is Shirley's put someone's face into a jukebox uh, yeah. mentality here. Uh, no witnesses. Gonna go Gonna go off the whole family. Yeah, I, th um, I think she even said, uh, these are your loose ends. I'm just tying them. Which is a very you know, funny turn of phrase. Shirley gets a lot of crap on the show, but honestly, like... It, I, I want Shirley in my corner because oh, like, absolutely, you know, I wouldn't want it the other way. <laughs> she's, she's going to get results. Um, 
like I, I don't know that a lot of the other the rest of the study group can provide the same results. Um, I, I think if you if you're looking for results in a court setting, maybe Jeff. Uh, other than that, surely, surely, absolutely. Uh huh. This is when everyone uh, kind of meets back up. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce and Troy are naked, and uh, Annie and Shirley come out of the blacksmith's place with all of the weapons and armor. And also the uh, blacksmith's house starts burning down. Right. Before they emerge, though, uh, Hil- uh, Hilda does say, my father is the blacksmith. Uh, so womp, womp. so the, the house, ca- the hut catches on on uh, on fire and Hilda is alarmed at this and runs over and tries to go in. But the house is just it's coming down. And uh, yeah, that's bad. Uh, we we move over to Britta and Jeff in the witch's uh, uh, potion uh, studio, as we discussed. Uh-huh, uh, the potion and, studio. And Britta is uh, making a witch's blue. Uh, Britta assumes it's a strength potion, and Jeff's like, well, clearly that's poison then. And then they kind of just snipe back and forth for a bit. Abed kind of explains the whole deal now, because now that Hilda's whole family is dead and her house is gone, she'll be forced to marry a ma- male villager. Or take her chances in the wilderness. What and at that kind point, of w- wild game is this? Right. Troy is, Troy is just like, what kind of game is this? And I'm like, first of all, here in the year 2022, it's a lot of games. Well, yes, but like... <laughs> like I, maybe, I, I, in, maybe in 2009 or 2012 I mean, I or whatever it was. T- like Terraria, but like, come on. But like, yeah, tw- 2022, man, like everything is like, yeah, whatever. That house burned down. Uh, go survive in the wilderness, I guess, Hilda. Like that's the start of like every third video sure, game. Yeah, now. <laughs> I, I, I've forgotten the very expansive Hilda's Quest series of games, <laughs> which I kind of want to make now. Um, <laughs> uh, Gilbert shows up uh, behind them. He's like. Oh, you think I'm behind? I've leveled up to n- enough to do this and shoots lightning at them. To which Troy is like, "I'm naked and he's shooting lightning." So yeah, he Troy he is, starts trying. Troy continues to nail it, it everywhere. It's amazing. I love it. Even when naked and being shot at with lightning. Exactly. Um, this is when Jeff is like, hey, "Britta, drink that super strength potion you made," and then. Uh, she's trying to drink it, but uh, Gilbert gets, kills her. She, she kind of gets stuck in menu hell to get to it. Uh huh. I mean, that just sounds like some UX problems, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's so, fortunate because she drops the potion and Gilbert uh, drinks it for himself. But it's actually poison, and he dies. Uh, Troy finds it unbelievable. Jeff bet their lives on Britta and won, and Troy lost his pants to a pair of nines. So now Gilbert has to start back at the beginning um, and he's mad. So he we, we cut to a live action shot and he types in some mysterious parameters. I did not write all of them down, but I, I did. I did pause it and want to note uh, a couple of ones, specifically testicular fortitude, yep. intestinal fortitude yep. and something called giraffe. Mode. Oh, thank God you caught <laughs> giraffe mode. I want to talk about it so bad. What do you think giraffe mode is? Well, so here's the thing, right? Like we don't see him in the kind in as a giraffe. His his neck never giraffes up. Right. Um, see, that's what I mm-hmm. would make as a giraffe mode personally if I were to make a video game. Um mm-hmm. so what other aspects of a giraffe 
do you think could be applicable? Like maybe there's some uh, spotting of the skin, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that is it. Maybe he can eat leaves off of trees. Ooh, yes. You know? Maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gains some kind of uh, magical powers from that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. Social life of giraffes. <laughs> well, they're found in groups. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. A collection okay. of individuals that are less than a kilometer apart and moving in the same general direction. So maybe that's it. Uh, okay. If there are enough uh, uh, specific, maybe, maybe, maybe giraffe mode isn't that character. But if you are in a group like that, like the study group is, they are then c- c- collected as some kind of group, and then you can track them. Maybe, maybe that's what giraffe mode is. So. <laughs> I typed in <clears throat> I did a I did a I did a web search. Okay. For giraffe superpowers. Oh the very first hit. Yes, I don't care what oh, this is gonna be so good. The very first hit is for uh powerlisting.fandom.com uh slash wiki slash giraffe underscore physiology. Yes! The power to use uh giraffe physiology. It's the power to use the abilities of giraffes, uh, variation of mammalian physiology, and undulate physiology. Uh, so okay. here's the capabilities of giraffes. Uh, one, the user either is or can mimic tr- or transform into giraffes, okay. including giraffes and okapes. Oca- I don't know what that is. Applications. So here's the powers of giraffe. Okay. 360 degree vision. Okay. Camouflage, right. charge exclamation point, Ooh. dermal armor, energy okay. strike. I, I'm learning all sorts of things about giraffes. I didn't know they um, had an energy strike personally. Enhanced endurance, okay. enhanced senses, including okay. hearing and smell. Okay. Enhanced speed, enhanced strength. There's a lot of protrusion. I'm sorry. Horn protrusion. I'm sorry. Hoof, hoof protrusion. And horn protrusion, uh, and uh, apologies. Perhaps, perhaps most importantly, prehensile tongue. Uh, I I I, re- I recognize now that when I said I'm sorry, it sounded like you want. I wanted you to repeat it. It was more of a, a what now? Oh, um, it was, it was uh, white guy reaction dot gif. Yes, exactly. Uh, yes, um, that is interesting. I. I it <laughs> so now you know he has all those powers. Which, uh, I mean, he does, like, he does, like, cast lightning at people. So, energy strike, you know, he's already got that power. So, there there you go. Um, now you know. Uh, so, anyways. My favorite part of that page is that there's a known users, which includes, which <laughs> includes giraffes from the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> And some guy from the real world called Andrew Joseph Massey. I don't know anything about this. Uh, so Abed stays behind with Hilda because he is he is in love. And Britta finally catches up after dying. And so she gets kind of caught up to the situation. And, and she's like, Abed, she's a program. People have said similar things about me. Abed is being pretty chill about the whole thing. He's he knows what he wants, and it's mm-hmm. Hilda. I mean, she, she lives in the village and knows a lot of things. She clearly knows a lot of things. 
Um, so the rest of the group kind of just goes ahead and they go through. Uh, so, so I called it Super Mario World esque map screen. Yes, same. It is uh, very okay, cool. Super Mario World esque. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was like, the, it feel I couldn't quite put my finger on it until I nailed that. Um, they do. They just kind of go through some stages. Um, like Gay Island, all of which are just as offensive as you think they would be. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to call attention to any of them. We do go to uh, the uh, Black Caverns. Uh, it is actually very racist in a lot oh, of ways. Oh, it's bad, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, boy, it's bad. There's uh, some imagery in there I will not repeat. Um, and some dry- jive turkeys show up, and they have to defeat the jive turkeys. Yes. Um, uh, they are able to, and they retrieve the crystal. And that is the end of that segment of the podcast. Uh, so as they, they exit, there's a bridge over to the castle, and Gilbert shows up, and uh, they get into a fight. Annie accidentally kills Britta, but you then know, everyone just else... Just like normal. Just uh huh, and then everyone else tries to fight Gilbert, but he's invincible because he has the powers of a giraffe, and he kills everyone. Yep, uh, he is. He finds a boomerang in his inventory because he has so much stuff. Pierce is like, "How have you? How do you have all that stuff? You've been alive for an hour." Uh, he throws the boomerang, kills Pierce, and then the boomerang takes out the entire bridge, so everybody falls to their assumed death. Uh, Welcome to giraffe mode. <laughs> <laughs> giraffe mode is important uh in real life jeff gets up out of his chair and goes to confront gilbert about his cheating and pierce also gets up to call him a knob and tell him that the inheritance is rightfully his uh gilbert challenges him on rightfully uh because gilbert is also cornelius's son pierce says it can't be true but pierce points or uh, gilbert points out that pierce's childhood nanny etta had a hot cousin and that hot cousin was gilbert's mother Gilbert is Pierce's half-brother. It's kind of a weird thing to describe your own mother as someone's hot cousin, but, you know. It's true. I'm assuming (laughs) that... It gets the point across. Yes, I'm assuming that that is, you know, as described to Gilbert at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so they find out that that big reveal. uh, uh, Gilbert is Cornelius' son, Pierce's half-brother, so they they decide, all right, we're going to keep playing this game. They start back in the study room again. And uh, Jeff gives a, a classic winger speech that's like, look, we've we've died and been reborn and that makes us heroes. So we can do this. And then they walk outside and die immediately. They forgot about the hippies. You always have to watch out for the hippies. Uh, Gilbert uses the crystal to open the door to the castle of Hawkthorn and he enters the, the castle with a smile. We go back to the village where Abed has transformed a lot. Um, Mm. He has interacted with Hilda so much that she is in love with him. And it opens up a whole front end scripting language. And he demonstrates that he can just basically open a menu and make a baby just immediately. Right. A baby Abed who says, cool, cool, cool. And then he takes the group to his mansion. Uh, There's just so many baby Abeds, all capable of executing custom code. And and in this game, you can write code to have one baby tell each other, telling other babies what to do, which is apparently what happens on the schoolyard, as according to Abed. Uh, Jeff's like, okay, what do we have? What can we make with it? And Abed's like, it depends on your imagination. Yeah, he's got a whole army of baby Abeds who are just like, cool, cool, cool. And they're they're mining a bunch of raw materials and 
Like it's it, it's it, a it's whole so thing. So many baby Abeds. Um, Gilbert makes it to the final stage where he can now sit on the throne of Hawkthorn. He's welcomed by Cornelius, who identifies Gilbert. He he's built all this custom dialogue for folks. It's amazing, um, uh-huh. and does include an, a legally binding agreement for Cornelius that dictates he will never besmirch the Hawthorne name with his quote genealogical origins, calling him a bastard offspring. And if he does, it'll be grounds for the inheritance to be seized from him. And uh, Gilbert actually declines that. And then at that point, uh, the Cornelius head uh, attacks Gilbert. Mm-hmm. and He does um, say thank you for your honesty, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then does destroy, uh, starts to destroy him. Um, and, and Gilbert's running at this point, even though he's in God mode. He's like, I'm your son. And as Gilbert leaves the, the throne room, he's greeted by an army of baby Abeds. Boy, we're getting some weird armies in this season of it's, the television show. It's it's true. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of child armies in this uh, season. Um, at least this one is virtual. Um, yes. So I I feel less weird about it. Right. Um, they do shoot shoot arrows at Cornelius, who calls teamwork a coward strategy. Um, and then this is when uh, Cornelius and the castle of Hawkthorn kind of becomes a megazord kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's a lot. Um, and then everybody kind of shows up in different uh, attacking uh, vehicles. Abed and Troy are in gold robots. One Abed's is a T-Rex. Um, Shirley has a missile launching helicopter. And Jeff and Britta are, fly towards it with a blimp and a baby Abed launcher. It's it's kind of amazing. There's a whole battle sequence uh-huh. here. Yeah, and the the baby Abeds like just mine away at the uh, at the the Megazord uh, structure, <laughs> um, and it it looks like it's kind of working. But then he manages to to kill every the uh, Cornelius bot uh, manages to kill everyone. Except for Pierce, who rides in on a, a giant nuke, Doctor Strangelove style. Yeah. Look at me now, Dad! <laughs> Which is a great callback it's, uh, it's, to Advanced it's, Gay. It's and so good. It buries itself in the chest of the Megazord and blows up, defeating it. And as he's lying there defeated, Cornelius offered is like, I bet you're wondering, what, player, why I recorded myself breathing weird and letting the player destroy you. I am a man of honor, and the, you get to enjoy the pleasure of my death. And Gilbert's like, I'm not the one who defeated you. Yeah, at that point, uh, everyone actually gets up and they they forfeit uh, to Gilbert. And because Pierce is like, I mean, we've been playing this game for an hour, but you've been playing this game your whole life. So get in there and kill our dad. Uh, and and then, then he offers an actual real life <laughs> gun to do it with. And Jeff's like, you uh-huh. still don't know how this works, do you? Um, and Gilbert in, in game uh, kicks Cornelius and sits on the throne of Hawkthorn. And ta-da! And fireworks go off and everything. Um, and then back in the real world, as everyone is leaving, Gilbert wants to thank everyone for today and apologize for his conduct. He kind of... He kind of went a little bit uh, wild there. Um, it's a and- it's a rare Giancarlo Esposito character who's like, actually, no, I'm I'm good. Like, yeah. I, I messed you all up, but like, I'm actually at the end of the episode. Good. Yeah, because that doesn't usually happen. And to the point, he actually offers an apology of taking the group to a bar in town called Skeepers to have their specialty drink, a margarita served in a glass that is an entire yard long. His treat. 
which that yes, sounds absolutely awesome. please i want to find this skeeper's place the 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 new grossest thing i've ever seen someone do is drink a yard long margarita <laughs> that will also end in in projectile uh public vomiting i believe uh so they are all leaving and abed kind of like mimics tying his shoe and he, he kind of sneaks back in puts a thumb drive into the computer and downloads hilda.exe and he's like hilda my love i said i'd come back for you it's so wonderful i love abed in this moment <laughs> i mean i love abed all the time but this moment it's so sweet uh, and then we cut to the tag, uh, which is just Troy and Abed walking into the library and they see a baby on the table and they're like, it's a baby. We're going to have to take care of it. Oh, and then Abed's like, I guess I could get a, some kind of job. Um, and Troy is like, oh, I see. Well, you're out getting a job. I'm just going to stay home and give up my dreams. And they're they're arguing about how they're going to raise this baby. And at that point, the mom gets out from under the table who because she was trying to grab something that fell down right. there and just walks off. And it's kind of a weird, awkward moment. And then and they resume their argue or discussion about Blorgons. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> and that means that it is time for great. I have kind of a complicated uh, feeling on this episode because sure. the very first time I watched it, I was like, oh, hell yeah, uh, this episode is great. It's so good and I love it and it's great um, yeah. because the design of it and the attention to detail about things like, uh, you know, Jeff jumping like Mega Man and the overworld being Super Mario World. And like, it's very clear that the people who designed this, this thing, I don't know whether it was, you know, uh, Dan Harmon himself who, who came in with like, I want it to look like this. I don't know if it was the animators who were like, we've played a bunch of old video games and like, you know, someone in that, in that pipeline loves old video games and it shows because right. the attention to detail like i didn't even mention it but like when they jump it's it's not the exact mario sound but it's very mario like super mario world jump sound like right. everything about it the visuals the sound it is it is so amazing um, I've already talked about the thing about how uh, Cornelius gives me a headache having to listen to him talk a lot, but <laughs> sure. I'm not I'm not I'm not necessarily going to lower the grade for that because I think that is they could have toned it down. But I think it's a very me specific complaint. OK, um, but I will say that every time I watch this episode, I enjoy it less. And it is, I think, in part because it is. A very weird place to put this episode, uh, sure. which we didn't, we didn't really talk about. But, you know, it comes between them getting kicked out of school and next episode, which is the finale of the Dictator Chang um, uh, storyline. Yeah. This is a weird place to have this episode. Yeah. So it, it feels it, it feels like a weird dip in energy uh, with the, the story. Yeah. The story feels like it gets put on pause. I also think that um, a lot of what happens in the episode, like the story itself is pretty weak. Um, Cause like, 
you know, we, we, we find out that Pierce has a half-brother, which is, you know, actual interesting storytelling. And I love what Abed does with the video game itself, because I have sure. known a lot of people who have played a lot of different video games where they are like, I am not playing this to have fun. I am not playing this to beat the game. I am playing this to absolutely break down the game to its base components and absolutely rule it from top to right. bottom. And that's exactly what Abed does. And so I've known people like that, whether it's Final Fantasy X. Like I have a guy, I have a friend who who went through the whole sphere grid with every single character just because he could. And he dis- he absolutely destroyed the game or like Dwarf Fortress. Uh, uh, longtime listener slash my former roommate, Nate, uh, has played so much Dwarf Fortress that like he he it's. I've heard him talk about Dwarf Fortress and it would be exactly like listening to Abed talk about right. Hilda's front end uh, programming language, um, which sounds like a euphemism. Yeah, but I it's was not. like trying. To, I was stopping myself from making a back end joke. Um, you know, I, I, I love that Abed part, but everything else about this episode feels a, a little bit weak. It is definitely a... It is definitely a story that exists just to have the flashy, cool retro yes. game graphics, which I realize a lot of community episodes kind of exist just to be homages to things. But right. I feel like they tend to have better, like more related stories to kind of what's going on in the season. And this, I, I feel like it just kind of falls flat. And so every time I watch this episode, I get a little bit more of the impression that this episode is almost all sizzle and very little steak. Right. And I, I love the sizzle. I love, I absolutely love the the presentation of this episode. And for that, it gets high marks. But, you know, if you asked me, in in uh 2012 when i first watched the episode i'd have been like this is an a plus now i'm like eh, it's a b i mean i love the graphics but i'm i think i think as a as a episode in its entirety like i'm not super impressed with it anymore it's sure. it's sort of uh it's it's lost its charm with with every we rewatch so uh so yeah like i said very complicated feelings on this episode uh, great presentation, m- mediocre story. Sure. Um, one thing I want to say before I get too far into grades is that this, this episode did cause a lot of the, uh, you know, when, when, when we're starting to get into, you know, next season is the gas leak here and things like this, the, rec- uh, the process of recording this episode caused a lot of it. Uh, there was a uh, uh, because this was the last season three episode to be filmed. Um, the tag, the original tag for this was to have Abed give Pierce a flash copy of the game modified to have Pierce playing ball with Cornelius, with Cornelius congratulating him, and then have that be a, a soft moment between Abed and Pierce. Um, and Harmon considered that to be one of the most important se- moments of the season, but they couldn't. Uh, Chase uh, wanted to was tired and wanted to finish shooting for the day and left. Um, and s- since it was the last day of shooting, they struck the the se- sets and couldn't couldn't shoot it. And this caused a, a huge rift between Harmon and Chase, and that 
kind of led to Harmon no longer being on the show. So that is kind of important to the lore of the show around the show. Um, just wanted to mention it for completeness. Um, for grades, I, I, I mostly, you know, I think it's really technically well-made. Like uh, I think season three has a lot of really well-made technical stories. I think uh, Giancarlo Esposito does a fantastic job with being on screen for about two seconds and then doing a whole lot of voice acting, um, which I guess le- paves the way for him to be in Far Cry 6. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that meme of all the dominoes, but like the very yeah. first one, the <laughs> tiny one is uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Pierce's half brother yeah. in uh uh community digital yeah. estate planning and then the big <laughs> one is Giancarlo Esposito as the main villain in Far Cry 6. Um yeah, that's good. I like that. Yep, that's that's the meme. Um so so yeah, I think uh I I I think that I think you're mostly right on balance. I just really have a problem with living like the whole conceit of the sh- the episode is to be placed in this world which is crafted by you know cornelius hawthorne who is noted racist sexist misogynist etc etc and and it's only like it doesn't feel commented on enough to make it okay to me again i know that i'm i'm speaking for my own my own belief system but i feel like it's it needs to be called out more uh especially from troy and you know, I, I, I think Shirley does call it out multiple times and I think that's a good thing. And I, so does Britta. I just feel like it's, it's, it's just, it, 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 as, as we kind of continue on this community thing and knowing of the discussion about blackface and, uh, advanced dungeons and dragons community has always been really interested in kind of talking about race, but I don't think it ever does it in a smart enough way. Uh, which is which is a th- which I think is surprising for community because it often talks about things in a smart way, but I just don't think race is its strong point. But it continues to go to it. I think right. it's just it's it's un it, it I, I'm totally with you. Like when this came out, this was an awesome episode, but I think over time and over you know like kind of thinking and learning and kind of you know understanding the world around me better, I think it's not as good as it was. Um, well, I, I, it's, it's, I mean, we talked a lot about this in Advanced Gay when we meet sure. Cornelius, where a lot of it felt like the joke was like, yeah, the old guy is racist. That's the joke. Like, right. And, you know, we, we all know the, the joke is that we know that it's bad to be racist and he's right. racist. And uh, that the fact that, like, that's kind of the extent of it, like, We'll all call him racist and we'll all acknowledge that the things he says are bad. Um, all right, cool. Moving on. And, right, and now yeah, we'll just right. exist in this world that is built and like more than just the regular world that's built to be racist, this explicitly racist video game. And we'll just exist in it. Um, and it and it feels really gross. And I and I understand where it's going from. I just don't think it I don't I think it doesn't go far enough to condemn that and i think that that's my opinion at least so i I, it's it's an uncomfortable watch for me i think at this point um even though there are some really funny bits like 
the I I mean we we could go through all the funny bits that I enjoyed and I I love Troy and like losing his pants to a a pair of nines which is hilarious but not a good know, bet not a good bet uh but a funny bit um so I I don't know I think I think I'm gonna have to go with a C for this uh, I just it, it like you and for. Uh, for some of different reasons, but some of the same, I just don't look forward to this episode. So, you know, if that's the case for me, then I'm, I'm not, I, I can, I can only give it a C. So that's me. Uh, but we want to know what you think at home. Yeah. You can let us know by uh, sending us a tweet at good Greendale on Twitter, or you can go to goodmorninggreendale.com. There's a little contact form. It'll send us a, uh, a little email that, uh, uh, we may read on the show because as previously discussed, y'all have the power to say things and then, or to type things and we'll say them, mm-hmm. um, but use it for good, use it for good and not evil. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash back to Futurama. We've got, um, uh, we've got a lot of, uh, uh, stuff there. Um, like years of, of, random bonus content at this point uh we do a live episode once a month uh it's a lot of fun we do also have a new patreon patron this month i want to give a shout out to josh mullen for uh for becoming a patreon patron so thank you josh yes thank you so much thank you josh and thank you everybody for just coming to the end of these we know that sometimes uh things are tight things are tough uh we just want to put this out there and make you smile uh make you have a good day um, and, uh, at least offer to help you, uh, uh, make it a good day. So, you know, have a great one and, and we love you. And, you know, if, if, if do you, I, I didn't know where to end that. And I had a couple of different ending points that I should have taken, but I didn't. Uh, so have a good day. Yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Um, and until next time when we are, we're coming up on the end of season three, we've I got know. two more episodes. It's, that's wild. Um, Until then, uh, we'll be back. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I I wish wish you luck. luck. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel.